But the moment you notice, oh, looking at a bigger perspective, this is an ocean. This is just a drop in the ocean. Consciousness is much more bigger. Then you kind of let go. Welcome to the Bro Novo Podcast, the podcast that models healthy communication for men, empowering them to start the journey of self-work. Now here's your host, Thomas Pierce. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's my pleasure to present to you a conversation with Hong Mei Li. Hong Mei is a meditation, breathwork, and yoga instructor with The Art of Living. The Art of Living Foundation is an international nonprofit promoting the message that love and wisdom can prevail over hatred and violence. In this conversation, I asked Hong Mei all about her experiences with the sky breathwork that The Art of Living offers, so you can learn about it and see if it might be beneficial for you. Enjoy. Cool, and we're live. Hey, Hong Mei, good morning. Welcome to the Bro Nouveau podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Tom. Or Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You go yeah. by Thomas or Thomas? Either one. Uh, Tom or Thomas, yeah. Uh, <laughs> For sure. So, Hong Mei, we met four or five years ago on a yoga retreat mm-hmm. with the Art of Living, which is an awesome organization that you're very involved with. And I wanted to have you on just to learn a little bit more about your story and how did you end up working with the Art of Living and, and how has your life been changed by their, their practices? Yeah. Well, my story started around uh, 2010. I was working for University of Penn as a uh, administrator for a nanotechnology research center. After a huge uh, work event, symposium, about a thousand people, I just get really tired and stressed out. So I had to go to a hospital with a kidney infection. At that time, my boss like, well, you know, we can't really afford you to be sick. And we, in a hospital, it's, it's quite a lot. And we only have a three-person team and a pretty high uh, $12 million research center. So then I was like, okay, what are the other way I can manage this? Besides, I already exercising. I run marathon. I hike. Um, I train for high, uh, like you know, Machu Picchu, Mount Washington, high, like high mountains. Um, and I also eat pretty well. You know, I I joined Weight Watcher at that time, and I lost quite a lot of weight. But at the same time, I eat pretty healthy. Um, so there's something else I need to do something about it. At that time, my doctor said, well, why don't you look into meditation? I was like, well, I done mindfulness in 2006. I already go into yoga studio. What is new out there? Luckily, at that time, my roommate, uh, she just finished medical school and she was also doing research. And she's like, well, we're a little stressed out. Let's just go hang out girls night. So I went to the Philly Fun Guy. I found this like free uh, meditation. Um, check it out. It was in a church. So I went to the first New Ontario church at 22nd Chestnut. I still remember. It was like Labor Day weekend, Monday. I thought like, oh, probably the church is closed. I think I might found the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, I found like uh, the one of the person, hey, you know, there's meditation around this door. <laughs> so I went to the church and I just felt like, oh, wow, it's like a hidden jam. Um, at that time, there was a MD PhD student. His name is, his name is Anup Sharma. Yeah, he's an MD PhD student at Penn, and he was talking about the science and the breath. 
And I was like, wow, I'm here to meditate. I'm not interested in the science. I mean, I'm a scientist by training. Why would I want to learn? I mean, I know about it. It's interesting that he bring it up. But i just really ready to meditate because I think mindfulness was nice. It kind of like calmed me down, relaxing. But I just looking for something to go deeper. So I felt very relaxed just the first one hour session. Um, and to keep it short, I took the workshop immediately. And I noticed the first day after the workshop, I felt so sleepy and like a baby and could not sleep for a long time. I always worry about what will happen, all these projects happening. And then the second and third day, my lungs start opening and I still feel, I feel very, very rejuvenated. I, for a long time, a really bad asthma, bronchitis, science infection surgery, everything under some of the upper respiratory issue. I felt like there was some opening going on. So I came for the space mainly for stress management and stress and, and health, but it, bought a lot more. It really impacted me three years later when my boss left the job, my colleague left the job, and it was a huge transition. I managed the same center and same project. In fact, this time I challenged myself to really expand it more. So I tripled the number of people coming to the event and continued to excel with my health as well as my performance. So I attribute a lot of all my health and performance really to the other living sky breath meditation. Thank you for letting me share this. Oh yeah, of course. Totally. That's why I wanted to have you because I think your story is pretty amazing because there's a lot of suffering in the world, right? We know that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like sometimes people don't try these methods that are out there for whatever reason. And I hopefully by people kind of hearing about, what the art of living is and the sky breathing. And I did a, a course with you in the winter and it's been awesome, you know, just to have that, have that in my back pocket of having a practice to lean into, to bring some stability and bring some, some calm to my, to my body. So I want to also ask you about your training and your, and your teaching, right? Cause as a teacher, you see a lot of people who maybe come in and, and don't know anything about, about the course or about mindfulness. So what have you noticed about the people who are really successful with the course and who stick with it? You know, what are the common characteristics? Uh, why, why do you think some people stick with the breathing and the mindfulness and, and some people fall off of it? Mm. I think the number one uh, quality for a, a sincere speaker uh, is really be open, right? Yeah, but you, if you come with the concept, oh, I think I know this, I know the graph, I know this, it's coming with an open mind and ready to learn. You know, even when I took it in the beginning, it's like, oh, it's similar to mindfulness, it's similar to other concepts and Buddhism class I learned. It's like, have that concept of thinking I know, but really coming to a space that I don't know what will happen. I wonder, no expectation. That's number one, I would say. Number two is discipline, like discipline, mm -hmm. commitment, whatever that is, right? Come what may, I'll do this. How do you know it work or not work if you don't even try it? So I was um, at a space that Lily was desperate because I tried all the other modality in terms of exercise, wellness, even seeing a doctor. And there's like nothing else that could work healthy wise, you know, like, so I just say, well, you know, I invest this $400 in the course, mine I as well practice it. And it has a community and a practice every week that can continue to support me. 
So it's really having a discipline and setting a schedule as a priority. Where is your wellness or your breath in your priority? We eat every day. We sleep every day, but we ever thought about our mental hygiene. Do we, I mean, we brush our teeth every day as well, but we never thought about how do we make it a priority to clean your mind with the breath. So that's mm-hmm. number two. Yeah. That's and awesome. lastly, it's really just have fun. You know, are you looking <laughs> for a community or really just relax? It's not serious. It's not like, oh, you know, you have to be in this dark room and meditate and meditate. Our living is very open. That's why it's in like 160 country and all diversity, all background joining. And people, like I would say, we are in like a mixed nuts. We are all different background and we somehow <laughs> get along. <laughs> Um, sometimes maybe you have like you know family arguments with the family we we believe in one world family so you know there are some arguments on disagreement on how things should work out and everyone is a volunteer so they're not pay Uh, maybe one or two of them have a stipend as you know service projects people Um, but everyone really just do their own thing come from the spirit of inspiration so really come from the space of uh, empower everyone to their highest potential and what they like to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The discipline is incredible. I wanted to bring that up because you get up at 5 a.m. every morning and you have a practice. And every time I've ever talked to you, you're, you're just so energized and you're vibrant. And you know what I mean? You seem centered and calm and happy. And that's why I wanted to to talk with you about it and try to get the message out is because it's, I, I feel like you are kind of, walking the walk as far as, you know, you found a practice that works for you and you are doing it every day. And a lot of coaching, you know, leadership development, fitness, these people all talk about discipline and, you know, committing to committing to something and, and sticking with it. So I just wanted to, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like there's a common theme about discipline and how important it is to, to reach success is making a goal and sticking to it. And cause I imagine maybe there are days when you don't want to do the breathing, but you know, you have to have something to, to push through it and get, get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, of course, you know, they're, they're like, the mind is very tricky. They play a trick on you. So you also play a trick on the mind. It's like, well, maybe you finish <laughs> this, you get a carrot there. Right. So um, I also, I remember, so I study leadership at Penn. I get my master's in uh, leadership. One thing is, as you mentioned, you know, as and on my professor always say, leadership is about showing up. 80% of the leadership is showing up, is really just doing it. And as Nike do when I'm training for marathon, it's really just do it, you know, for one. Um, your mind might just, oh, it's so hard. Do I really have to do it? Your mind might make it a lot harder than it actually is. Um, and then when I go to the HR training in the past, they was like, eat the frog. You know? How do you eat the frog? First thing in the morning. You don't have any more things to come distract you. And <laughs> because my schedule was so busy, I would, when I first started, I was a grad student getting my master at Penn. I think it was at Wharton at that time, was doing my entrepreneurship. So I was doing like part-time school, full-time job, house renovation project that was huge and two parents that are very ill that I have to take care of so like there's so much time we all have 24 hours really about priority so I would get up 3 30 to do my practice and I go back to take a little nap if I need to right so that way I fit it in and then 
I didn't even know this until years later, I think like maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Um, apparently, there is a prime time to meditate. Uh, you don't, I don't recommend everyone would try to discipline themselves to do this, but there's a prime time. 48 minutes before sunrise is like a, a pretty good time. But even another 48 minutes before the sunrise, that's an hour and 36 minutes before the sunrise, is that 48 minutes time, like the earlier 48 minutes, mm -hmm. is the finest time to meditate. So apparently I fit into that time. So we're in the East Coast right now, Philadelphia. We The sunrise about 5.30. Um, uh, the best time right now is probably around like or like 355, 350. So if I recall, I was meditating at a prime time at that time. So <laughs> my, my, my energy doubles when you meditate at a very prime time. So, so yeah, it's got really helped ingrained into my practice. That's interesting. How do they determine when that time is? Um, so it's, I think it's like Ayurveda, it's a life science, there's a whole cycle, Brahma Sutras and certain times, sunrise, sunset, certain times are really good time for meditation. Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's a whole yeah, science I mean, behind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I definitely feel like I'm a morning person and I love that those quiet hours before sunrise or after sunrise, I mean, mm -hmm. that makes sense to me and, and what feels good in my body, definitely. Mm -hmm. So here on the the podcast, you know, we talk about how men can mature their masculinity and be more responsible in the community. And I wanted to ask you about the the men in, in your organization and around some of the growth you've seen in them. I mean, have you seen any, any examples of, of men in the in the program who come through and really grow and become maybe more expressive or more comfortable in their own skin? after doing the program? Definitely. I mean, I cannot say all men. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I mean, our living is very diverse, all backgrounds. Um, I, I think doing the program, for one, Sky helped release emotions, right? Sometimes, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say any specific concept. Maybe some men are really help a lot of emotions. Do the, mm -hmm. the Sky breath. All these toxins, all these emotions that bottle up in our system, causing anger, anxiety, all these mental health that could be with us, start releasing. So when they start releasing, what I my theory is that some of the men will be more empathetic, uh, more connected. And in fact, um, the person who introduced me to the program, I found him very motherly in some way, like very caretaking role that you never thought a man would like do that kind of work, but very like um, mother taking. So even our founder, um, Shishi Ray Shankar, uh, so funny, like his voice sounds very gentle. I and mean, some of the people he's like, oh, what is <laughs> the person with that voice? I was like, it's a man. <laughs> like, oh, what's her um, name? <laughs> yeah, it's Shishi. It's, it's very motherly. He, he can be a mom. He can be a dad. He can be everything. And he's really an enlightened master. He's there to really take care of everyone and be there with every emotion. For sure. And that's kind of what I'm trying to promote is this that different ways for men to get there. Maybe they don't want to talk about it necessarily. Maybe somebody doesn't want to go to therapy or whatever, but this is another option, right? Of This is another structured program you can do 
to move through some of that. And, and I will just attest to it as well. I definitely feel much lighter and I feel like a, a release when I do the, the breathing. I do this guy. It's really awesome. So for someone who's never done this guy or heard of it, can you just give a quick overview of kind of how long is it and where can they go to, to learn more about it? Yeah, of course. So Sky Breath Meditation stands for Shu Dashan Kriya. Um, so it's a Sanskrit name specifically to really clear yourself to have a proper vision of who you are. So many of us have all this stress over time. We may feel like all this emotion over time through the breath of the rhythm got reset back to normal when we are a child. Um, it's a three-day workshop right now online. It's very accessible. Um, Currently, the foundation is reduced the price to 50% off until June 25th, and it goes down to 40%. It's still very accessible. Um, back in when you took it, it was much more expensive. Uh, actually, it's like, except if you compare the price of different uh, meditation programs out there, it's actually very reasonable. So in this three-day workshop, you learn the proper pranayama, the breathing technique that built up to sky breath. It's was founded by Sri Sri Vaishanka, global humanitarian with the vision really to bring peace and happiness to every individual around the world. So after the sky breath, in, in addition to the breathing, there are tidbits of wisdom to really managing um, your day-to-day life. You know, when this happened, what is the, uh, what is the knowledge point, how we can come back to our center? So that there is small tidbits of knowledge point comes with it. And what even better is when you take it with the group, you interact, you share and move with the community. Yeah. So after the program, everyone get to practice together. You can right now on Zoom, everyone can do it daily if they like with the, their small little group or they can um, just come once a week. Everyone welcome to come once a week with a trained instructor. Uh, for the guided uh, guided sky breath, it's kind of like daily cleaning, <laughs> weekly cleaning. So with the sky breath, kind of reset your rhythm, so you continue to have the support in the community. And everyone who finished the program also continue to welcome to the knowledge series. we like, oh, life happens. You know, how do we deal with it? So we watch these knowledge series on yoga wisdoms on how to manage day-to-day life. It could be like forgiveness, compassion, different way how we can manage our life. And again, it's not just watching a video and you go home, but you actually can discuss with a group and meet other people in the group as well. So it's a very, so not only a knowledge as a practice, it has a community. It also has a celebration. So every time, like we have, like coming up to a big celebration right now on July 21st to 25th, it's like full moon. Um, July tw- is a very special month to have full moon celebration. It's really gratitude for all the different, uh, lin- all different masters and all different, like it could be any God who passing down this knowledge to keep us light and happy. So it's a celebration of gratefulness of all this knowledge come through. So we have a huge celebration. And in person wise, we go to the retreat center in North Carolina, Boone, and it's gorgeous there and has falls and everything. But because of COVID, we now do everything online. So there's going to be a global silence program happening. To do the silence, we start with a sky breath. So long story of the sky breath. It's really a program to your, can help your, your mental well-being and also reset your life. Absolutely. And I just want to point out to maybe there are people listening who've never 
kind of thought about a mental cleaning or they've never thought about ways to feel light and centered. And I don't know, I think there's a bit of a stigma sometimes around some of these ideas because maybe it's more of an Eastern idea or it's more quote unquote hippie because the United mm-hmm. States culture is not very accepting of, of these things. Mm-hmm. But I just want to explain to people that, you know, doing a program like this, when you're in that environment with other people who are all in the same mindset, it's really incredible. Like as someone who had to kind of move past my own inhibitions around it and at first maybe judging myself for being here or feeling self-conscious or, you know, whatever the reason was, I had a mental block. I just want to say that in this kind of environment where everyone is also really interested in it and believes in it and believes that they're going to better themselves from it, it creates this energy of an awesome space. And I just want to let people know that, you know, it's definitely something to try and that if, if, if someone's listening and never has gone down that path, a more kind of holistic, let's meditate, let's breathe. It's an awesome thing to try because it really is a, a pretty amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let me just, uh, yeah, mention. Um, so I have three introductory uh, sessions just for people to, to talk about what is sky breath, experience of breath and so on. So that is, uh, I make a small, tiny URL. So tiny.ccbbsky. I think Thomas can share that later. It's like B as in beyond breath, BB sky, sky breath. So very simple. Um, I actually have one like quite often, different volunteers who love them. I lead them from them myself. It's also really an hour and a half session for people to breathe and connect for other people for the community. We are cost for people just check it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And especially now with, you know, COVID lockdowns and a lot of things. I want to ask you, how was you, last year for you, Hong Mei, around your mental health? And how did you manage with the shutdown and the lifestyle change because of the coronavirus? You know, to be honest, everyone might have a lot going on, even myself, like my grandfather got but in the beginning, it's mm. just really tough. I am um, being um, the first grandkid. In fact, I'm going to visit them. That's why I'm traveling. Um, they are 90 years old. They got stuck in nursing home and they got COVID. And I was like the one who come, my family come for asking for advice. How shall we do it? I was supposed to take care of my grandfather. Um, mm. But because of the sky breath and because of my practice over these 11 years it kept me really centered to make the best decision for my family so and with that um the meditation also has a benefit um for those who are not very spiritual just think it's giving you um good feeling good fortune whatever that is or blessing for those who are believe in higher being so i every time after the breathing i always send some blessing or good feeling to my grandparents um, luckily, my grandma did not experience any symptom. My grandfather came out of ICU twice. Um, now they fully recover. They're 90 years old and been married 76 years. Awesome. Um, so I would say it's really um, a tremendous uh, resilience that built in me and fine centeredness. I've been teaching nonstop. I mean, it was the busiest year. This COVID year for before COVID before and Thomas and I know each other I taught maybe three four in-person workshop maximum per year during COVID I taught about 
50 just guy breath and there like another 20 um yoga wow. programs and then another 40 or so kids program we also teach the program for kids four and up so it's super busy and also has international collaboration in hong kong europe and kenya so it's a, a busy full service organization yeah, and and the doctors, awesome. doctors and veterans and all the people we take care of. Yeah. So it sounds like you were able to keep not distracted is the word, but maybe because you were so busy and you had a lot of you were serving other people essentially, and mm-hmm. that was able to keep you from getting maybe too in the dumps about your family situation and also just the lifestyle challenges with with the lockdown. Yes. Yes. I. Um, I mean, it's so nice don't you, to help lift others. And then once they are happy and they are able to go on and find their potential and the next person wave comes. So, um, and then from that good feeling of people feel lifted, it gives good feeling back to my family. So in some way, I indirectly direct the energy back to them. Yeah. Awesome. I'm curious to hear about teaching the kids. What are the, like when you create a course for kids, Mm-hmm. What are the kind of guiding principles in your mind or, or structures around, you know, what are you trying to teach them? What are some of the values you're trying to impart? Because I would imagine that's pretty powerful, you know, for a young person mm-hmm. to be in that environment, you know, so what are some of the things that kind of shape your perspectives when you're teaching kids? So um, I, te- I first teaching the, uh, I've been teaching the four to seven years old for the past five, six years. And I, one thing about the difference between uh, other living program or now they are actually under IHV International Association for Human Values. That's where we host all the youth programs, Sky School, University, all the youth program. The difference is that the um, the Sky program for other um, living, the youth program, they are very Free, you know, in a time when you are in normal school, teacher or parents kept saying like, "Be quiet. You had to do it this way. You had to do it that way." But we um, hold a very free um, environment structure. Let them to be to find their light, really find their energy inside, so they know who they are. And the kids are already enlightened, especially they're four to seven years old. They're pretty light already. And I, and I noticed that some of them, maybe their parents are having some conflict. They're a little bit more lower in energy. And then, but over time, the four days of the kids program, they still get lightened up and they keep coming back. And again, I mean, I just finished a youth program yesterday, the four to seven years old. They didn't want to leave. They just keep sharing. They do yoga. They do breathing, they do games. Um, they be a scientist. They love the environment. They go grow some plants. So it's a little bit of everything. So mainly the difference, we um, empower them to be free to do what they want to do. And secondly, really just rekindle their love, rekindle the light inside because they are naturally there, right? And there is the breathing, of course. Each of the kids has their little breathing techniques. They have their own version, uh, much more shorter because they don't need a high dosage like adults. <laughs> so they had the breathing and yoga as well. So they are building good habits, little young. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I ask because, you know, as I've been talking with my guests about, you know, adults and how adults grow up and the people we grow into, I've come back a lot to that, that childhood experience, you know, and what were the influences in a child's life 
who were their models about behavior and mindset and values. And personally, in my own in my own path, I've been trying to keep the inner child alive, right, and keep that lightness because what I've realized is that our our culture kind of tells us to be serious, tells us to be you know concerned about finances and you know professional reputation and how others perceive us. I, I've been trying to be more conscious around keeping that child alive because that that's what makes me happy, you know, being able to be joyful and silly and not feel like I have to, I'm judging myself for, for my behavior, you know? And that's one of the reasons I really like the, the sky is because I mean, it, it is kind of silly, you know, like if you look at it from the outside, you know, silly might be the right word, but you know, it's, it's different. It's not something that if you've never seen before, you'd probably be like, what are they doing? <laughs> well, awesome, Hongmei. I think we've exhausted the what I wanted to ask you about and just to get some some perspective on kind of what the art of living is and get the word out there to people because I really believe in the in the content and the program and the teachings and I I want people out there to know that you know this is this is available and it's an awesome resource. Well, thank you so much. I would just say lastly is really um I always say you as everyone advice advice, just ask yourself as an inner guy, like, you know, what is there for you to guide you? And it's the breath, right? The breath is the first thing you came out to life. <laughs> and the last thing you come out, how do you maneuver it? And how do you harness that energy is very a key because often, you know, we could eat a certain amount and food and so on, the kind of food and the proper amount of food is important but we also sleep right sometimes we might not have a proper amount of sleep or barely barely sleep because we are worried about all this project that's happened right and then the other thing that tom is doing right now is really rekindle his his passion really sharing this right with the community about men and uh, feeling open right so really doing a, a hobbies that you like that sometimes regain your meditative state that we call in the zone, right? So you can get energy sometime when you're doing something you love, right? And then the most important thing is the breath, right? Often in how do we start? We start with the breath. We start with the breath. It can kind of release all this rhythm of emotions that we have. So certain time we breathe, we might feel really anxious. It's maybe very fast breath, right? At the same time, when we relax, much more easier to breathe. So to going around like the kite is flying around, the motion is like the kite is like running everywhere. The strain is really your breath. So you're using the strain to maneuver the kite, using the breath and managing your emotions. So just really to invite you all to explore this new, uh, the breath. And I think some of you might already heard of the book, The Breath Book by James Nestor. You can Google him, James Nestor, Sky Breath. He talked about how Sky Breath is really the kings of the different kind of breathing out there. Um, not that to say one better than another, but I think really just to explore it. And what a better time right now that you can do it in your own home and just really want to be available for service with everyone. And we don't turn people away. so. We run a lot of programs for people who are in high need, people of color doing the riots. We have a program called Breathe With Me. Um, the veterans program is Project Welcome Home Troops. 
and that's available as well. And then the healing breath is the doctors and healthcare professionals because they are the frontline workers. So we have to take care of them during COVID. So um, I'm very, I'm very involved with uh, the healing breath as well. Um, I support the veterans program and uh, support other people, a diverse group as well. So, and we're having different languages. I teach it in Chinese with my colleagues. Uh, we also have it in Russian in U.S. and Spanish. Those are the three languages I know of that we're having in U.S. Um, but across the world, let's say you decide to take another program, different language, happy to connect you with other uh, speakers who can speak your language, let's say, accessibility-wise. Well, just want to conclude, uh, invite you to join Beyond Breath from Auto Living. I have, uh, Thomas will share the website, tiny.cc slash bbsky. That's where the Beyond Breath session is. And feel free to reach out, send me an email. Happy to be service. Awesome, Hongmei. That's really cool about the different programs for different groups. That's, that's awesome. And thank you for for your service and the great work you do, because I know a lot of people's lives are really positively impacted by, by your teaching. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then I have, we do have the last thing here. It's the do the last thing we do in every episode is the three things game. So it's a knowledge and wisdom sharing game where you have a question and it'll say, what are three things you have learned from X, Y, or Z? So whoever's birthday is closer goes first. So my birthday is in August. And what what month is your birthday in Hongmei? October. October. Okay, then I'm first. Here's my question. What are three things I have learned about advice? Okay. Number one is that I love asking for advice. I think it's a really awesome way to get other people's perspectives and help reframe my own thoughts. If there's something that's bothering me or I need help with, I love that I have a great support group I can lean on, ask questions. Number two, I would say is that sometimes I ask for too much advice because I trust my, my peer group so much and I kind of choose my friends carefully. I tend to lean on them when I really need it to the point where sometimes I need to actually figure it out myself because ultimately it's my life and no one else can live it for me. So that's a good one. And then the third thing I would say about advice is that I've had to learn to really take things and look at them with a with a keen eye because a lot of times people's advice may not be good advice, you know? And even though I asked for it from them and they gave it to me and they are being authentic or maybe they're not being authentic, that's a possibility too. Sometimes people are manipulative and you have to be, I have to be, you know, aware of that. So that's the third thing is that there, sometimes it requires a bit of uh, discernment to make sure that the advice we're receiving is, is actually good for us. Wow. So great. Here's yours. Hmm. Got it. What are the three things you have learned about change? Got it. Ooh. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> so number one, change is inevitable. It's always happening. You know, your body cells keep changing, like cycles of seasons going, even though we're sitting here, you know, your body's going to a lot of, um, you know, metabolism, a lot of biosynthesis happening, right? So change is inevitable. It's always there, right? So acknowledging that change is part of life, right? That's number one. 
Second thing is really connecting yourself. Are you part of the change? Are you moving with the change? Or are you stuck at what is in the past? What is in the future? The train is still going, but you're stuck, right? <laughs> so it's be able to adapt, right? Moving with the train, moving with the, where are we going? Yeah, not to like go too far <laughs> that you will fall off the train, but also not to be going so far that you also fall off the train, right? So really acknowledge like, where are you? Where's your mind? Yeah, that helps. And then the third one, I would say, just really relax. Just relax. Why do we need to keep worry about change? It's part of it anyway. So just relax and be an observing. Observing the change is really be the witness. Because when you're witnessing, the change is part of life. You see a bigger consciousness, a bigger cosmos that's much, much bigger than you. And then you just notice this is just a drop in the ocean. There is so much more than that in life. It might be so many times we always say, oh, you know, I just spoke up with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. You might feel very miserable at that moment. But the moment you notice, oh, Looking at a bigger perspective, this is an ocean. This is just a drop in the ocean. Consciousness is much more bigger. Then you kind of let go, you know. Yeah. Awesome. I feel in a meditative state just listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Hongmei. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I will definitely share your tiny URL link with uh, the audience and. Again, thank you so much for getting on here and sharing your wisdom and the story of Sky. And I hope that this message finds the right people who need some some of this in their in their life. Yeah, and feel free to post my email or phone number there in case people need to ask questions. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you, Hong Mei. Have an awesome day. All right. Thank you. There it is, folks. Massive thank you to Hong Mei. What a legend. Thank you to her for coming on the show. She's someone I have a ton of respect for, for embodying the teachings that she talks about and lives the lifestyle. You can check the show notes for a link to her free introductory course to the Sky Breath. Follow us on Instagram at Bro Nouveau Pod. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next Thursday on the Bro Nouveau Podcast.